I, I'm going to share my heart with you this morning. Um, you know, most of the time when I preach, if not every time, it's just, it's just an overflow of, you know, my relationship with Jesus. Man, I, I don't ever want to just preach a message to preach a message. I want to be a message everywhere I go. Whether I'm one-on-one with someone or with my family or standing on a stage at a rise of Birmingham, it's all the same for me because it's all about Jesus. And so I just want to talk to you this morning just out of an overflow of what he's been showing me, what he's been teaching me, what he's been doing in my life. And it, it, it's so real that I'm probably just going to be emotional all the way through it. And, so, and, and I'm going to share a lot of scripture this morning. It's just going to be like rapid fire. I, here's what's on my heart. <coughs> Excuse me. And this is kind of something that's been on my heart in the past three years. And it's been something I've just continued to be undone by. And, and overwhelmed with in the greatest way. But I would say over the past about month and a half, it's been really prevalent and highlighted in my life. And, and it's simply, but, but powerfully, this right here. The fact that Jesus Christ lives inside of me. The, just that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Savior of the entire world, has chosen to come and possess me, like live in me. Do you, you understand that the Holy Spirit's been showing me that, that that changes everything about us as believers. I believe that the one of the greatest, if not the greatest revelations that you and I will ever have is the revelation of Christ in us, the hope of glory. And a, a couple of weeks ago, Miss Yvonne, on a Wednesday night, you should come to Wednesday night Bible study. It is so powerful. Think of like this midweek getting hit with the word. It's like maybe the beginning of a week was slow or off and you get hit with the word midweek and you're alive again. Woo! You should come. Miss Yvonne stands up here and she begins to talk about this very thing. What it means for Christ to live inside of us. And, and I'm sitting in the back and my heart begins to beat. And my spirit begins to leap and I just begin to weep. <laughs> As she begins to share. Not only did she talk about what it means for Jesus to live in us. But she talked about what it means for us to live in him. You know, John 14, 20. Jesus says, I'm in my father. You are in me and I am in you. Think about that just for a second. Jesus goes, I'm in God. And you're in me, which means I'm also in God, but yet I'm, I'm also in you, which just simply means we are one with Christ. And if I'm in him and he's in me, then not only do I carry him with me everywhere I go, but he carries me with him everywhere he goes. We are literally one with Christ Jesus. Oh, my goodness. And then Miss Yvonne says this, she goes, and the only person that can truly tell you what it means for Christ to be in you is the Holy Ghost. And it is so true. I've been waking up every day 
Holy Spirit, show me what it means, what it looks like to have Christ in me today, the Savior of the world. Let me walk with this awareness that it's no longer I that lives, but he that lives in me. Show me what it looks like. And then the Spirit is true. He's the only one that you got to ask him. In John 16, 14, Jesus says, The Spirit will take what is mine, and he will make it known to you. In John 14, 26 and 27, Jesus says, The Spirit will teach you new things and remind you of everything that Jesus has already taught you. In 1 Corinthians 2, 10, it says, The Holy Spirit searches the things of God, even the deep things of God he brings into revelation for us. John 14, 16, Uh, Jesus says, the Holy Spirit of truth, he is your advocate, he's your comforter, he's your counselor, he's your helper. He is the key to unlocking not just knowledge up here, but knowledge right here. He's the source, y'all. He's the voice of God in our life. He's the heartbeat of Jesus in us. As a matter of fact, the Bible indicates that God and his son Jesus lives inside of us through the agency of Holy Spirit and his power. Everything happens through him. Are you with me? We got to start asking the spirit, what does this mean? Because it changed, y'all, my life is, is, is beginning to be changed in a new way. I've just been asking him every day and the scripture is so clear about who we are now. Again, John 14, 20, I'm in my Father, the Father's in me, and I'm in you. John 14, 23 says we are the house, the home of God, the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. Ephesians 3, 17, Christ Jesus dwells in our hearts. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, it says we are the temple that the Holy Spirit now lives in. You are no longer your own. You were bought with a price. You're not your own. Colossians says you were not born for you. You were born for him. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2.16 says we've received the mind of Jesus Christ. The only reason you have a body is so the spirit can have a home. The only reason you have a mind is so Jesus can possess it and you can think the way that he thinks. And see how he sees. And feel what he feels. And know what he knows and respond the way that he responds. Whoa! And then in 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 4 it says that we are partakers in the divine nature of Jesus Christ. Which means when you received Jesus, you received his nature. You took on the nature of Jesus Christ. You no longer have a sin nature. You have the nature of Jesus Christ. Which means you no longer have a bent towards sinning. You have a bent towards the kingdom of God. You no longer have a bent towards doing things apart from God. You have a bent towards doing things with him because you have received a new nature. Romans 8 9 says that we're no longer controlled by the sinful nature. We're now controlled by the spirit of the living God. Are you happy? This is who we are now. And then in in Galatians 2.20, this is where it gets really exciting. Jesus goes, uh, it says, we've been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer we that lives, but it's Christ that lives inside of us. Which means when Jesus died on the cross, we died with him. We hung on that cross with it. We were crucified, our old self, our sin nature. Our sin, we crucified with him. The only difference is that he's the one that felt the pain and the guilt and the shame. He suffered so we wouldn't have to. Because everything he did was on our behalf. 
We were crucified with him. We were buried with him. And three days later, we were resurrected with him. When you received Jesus, you received resurrection life. Amen? You came alive. Old self gone, you received a new self, and your new self is himself. It's no longer you that lives, but it's Jesus that lives inside of you. Isn't that amazing? Y'all, this changes the game. This changes how you and I live, how we walk, how we talk, how we think, how we interact with people, how we treat people. If, if your life doesn't look any different than the world around you, if your life doesn't look any different than the people that you work with and the people that you're in the classroom with and the people that you run with, if you're just going with the flow, if you're just blending in with everyone else, if you just join the majority of what everyone else is doing, if your life doesn't look any different from the world around you, then there's a good chance that the revelation of Christ in you has not hit your heart yet. I'm not being mean this morning. If you, if you, listen, it doesn't mean that you're better than anyone else. It just means you believe that what Jesus paid for is so much better than what this world could ever offer you and I. We're supposed to be different. We're not supposed to be in dark. We're supposed to be the light. Are you with? We're not supposed to be the walking dead. We're supposed to be the walking living because Christ is alive in us. He's life. Listen, you're not supposed to just go with the flow. You get to take a stand with the man who lives inside of you, Jesus. You know, we're not supposed to blend in and join the majority. Well, we, we believe that what he has is the truth that sets men free. We get to stand on the promises of his word that he wrote. And we don't move a muscle. We're supposed to look different, to act different. We're, we're not supposed to walk in the same unforgiveness that other people do. We get to walk in forgiveness. We've received forgiveness from Jesus and freely we've received and freely we get to give it away. This is who we are. We're forgivers. We don't hold grudges anymore. Christ has changed us. And if you don't look any different than the world, that revelation has not hit your heart yet. It's knowledge and it's got to connect here. Who we are now. We're not supposed to walk in offense like everyone else. We get to walk in unconditional love. It doesn't matter. What people say what they think, what they do. All that matters is what Jesus says, what he did, what he's done in us. We don't have to get mad at people. We're madly in love with people. Whoa! We, we don't have to gossip with everyone else at work. We get to walk in honor the same way that Jesus honors us. We're supposed to be different. We don't hold grudges when someone says something to us, especially people that are in your life. We don't hold grudges and shrug them off because we love them. Oh, because Christ first loved us, we go to them and we have a real conversation and we invite the Holy Spirit to make the relationship even better than it was because we want that relationship to be all God intended for it to be because we love them. We want them to experience what we have. We're supposed to be different, man. If, if Jesus is always with me, see, I'm one with him. And so everywhere I go, he goes. Every room I'm in, he's in. So if I wouldn't do it in front of him, I probably shouldn't do it because I'm always in front of him. We've overcomplicated this thing, man. If I wouldn't say it in front of him, I probably should keep my mouth shut because I'm in front of him. If the way I'm about to respond, I, I wouldn't respond that way in front of him, then I need a new response. Woo! Are you with me? If your life doesn't look different, 
That revelation hasn't hit your heart yet. And I'm going to take it further in just a second. Just hang with me. Because Jesus lives in me and I know that what he has for me is so good and that he paid a price for me to experience the abundant life. If, if what's in front of me doesn't look like abundant life, that I don't look at it, I don't touch it, I don't go near it. Because I know that what he has for me is so good. It's so simple. Jesus, he's either, he's either everything or he's nothing. There is no in between. It's true. And then for me, like personally, here's what the Holy Spirit, as I begin asking, what does this mean, Holy Spirit? He's been showing me, Wes, Christ in you is the reason that you have faith. Like this, him living inside of us is the reason that, that my faith levels just get to increase every day. And that my confidence just gets to increase every day because I'm not the one that does it. He is. Yeah. It's true. I've realized in a new way that when I step out, he steps out because we're one. When I step out in faith, he steps out. When I open up my mouth, he opens up his because we're one. When I begin to pray for someone, he begins to intercede. As a matter of fact, it's not just me praying. It's him praying for me, Matthew 10, 21. I've realized when I lay my hands on the sick, they represent his because we're one. And not only do they represent his, when I lay my hands on the sick, he lays his hands on, his, on, on them. And when he lays his hands on the sick, it's over. Are you with me? I've realized, man, Christ in us has changed the whole witnessing game. The pressure is off. Are you with me? Because it's about him. I believe he not only can, he will. He not only could, he would. He's not only able, he's willing. I believe when I pray, not only is nothing impossible with Jesus, but when I pray, it's impossible for nothing to happen because he's the one that's doing it. I'm the vessel and the mouthpiece that he does it through. I'm along for the ride, but we better jump in his car. It's the ride of a lifetime, but it's him. It's him, and he wants to do it because it's already been done. He's in the life-changing business. Step out with faith and confidence because it ain't about you. It's about Christ in you and a love for the people around you. Whoa! Turn up the volume of your faith with the revelation of Christ in you, the hope of glory. Here's what it is. It's in Ephesians. I told you got a lot of scripture. Ephesians 1, 17 through 19. Paul prays this incredible prayer over the people in Ephesus. And he says this. He says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all glory, would give you all the spirit and wisdom in him, which is Christ. I pray that he would enlighten you to the hope that you have in him, the glorious riches of the inheritance you received in him, and his incomparable great power that is in you. It's the same power that God exerted when he raised Jesus from the dead. Woo! Let that scripture set you on fire. Notice this, though. I want you to notice that Paul, when he was praying that prayer, Notice he didn't say, God, you're going to have to do something new in the Ephesians' lives. Pour out more power so they can see you in new, fresh ways. I know that's always available. But that wasn't Paul's prayer. Paul's prayer was, God, open the eyes of their heart. Open the eyes of their heart to the hope they already have. Enlighten them. Give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation of who they already are, the inheritance they've already received, the power that already lives in them that raises the dead. See, Paul's prayer was, God, 
Open the eyes of their heart so they can see what already lay at their fingertips. The breakthrough that the Ephesians needed was not God to do something fresh and new and more and more God's power. That's always available. But the breakthrough that they needed was the revelation of what was already theirs in Christ Jesus. We got him. You got him. You got all you need to live a godly life. It says in 2 Peter chapter 1. You got him. All you need to walk like him. All you need to step out and do the same things he did, even greater things than these. Because it's no longer you that lives, but he that lives inside of you. See, I believe with all my heart that Paul's prayer for the Ephesians, man, we need to take hold of that as the capital C church. I believe we need to realize it's like we're waiting on a move of God to come help us in the world that we live in. And God's waiting on us to realize what already lay at our fingertips through Christ Jesus. God's waiting on us to realize what's already ours in Christ. The hope that this world needs. The power that this world longs for to bring healing, to bring change, to bring revelation. Are you with me this morning? This is, I believe that there is a great awakening happening right now. We got heroes of faith talking about this great awakening, and I believe it's spot on. I believe it includes souls saved, bodies healed, people rushing to the cross. But I believe another big part of this great awakening is believers awakening to who they are in Christ Jesus and who he is in us. Because once we figure out who that is and we begin to ask the Holy Spirit what that means, it's over. The greatest revelation I believe you could ever have is the mystery of Christ in you, which is no longer a mystery, but a reality. The hope of glory. I, I, I'm going to take you further. You ready? In Luke, in Luke chapter 5, verse 17, it says, the power of God was present to heal. Okay? Jesus is standing in a house. And he's teaching in Luke chapter 5. Mark chapter 2 shares the same story in a little more detail. So I'm going to jump back and forth. Jesus is standing teaching in a house. And a lot of scholars say he was in the house of Peter in Capernaum. So he was staying with Peter. And while he was staying with Peter, somehow the house fills up. I don't know if they called a meeting or people just followed Jesus and just ran in the same house he was in. And he stood up and he started teaching. Okay? And... It's so interesting because Luke points out in Luke chapter 5 that there are two kinds of people in this house. Now, we know that there's more. Probably a lot of people who follow Jesus and wanted to learn from him. But Luke doesn't point those people out. Luke points out that the two kinds of people that were in this house at this meeting here in Jesus' teach were the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the law. So we know that the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the law, kind of their background and their history, they didn't like what Jesus came to bring. They didn't like what he was teaching. Jesus came and he, he, he got rid of and, and took care of religion. He brought relationship with the Father, and they didn't like that. He honored religion, but he brought relationship. Amen? So the Pharisees, we can assume that they were in that house, and they weren't there to learn from him or to grow in their relationship with God. They were there to criticize, to point out what he was teaching and how wrong it was, right? There was skepticism in the room, criticism in the room. There was doubt and unbelief in the room that Jesus was teaching. Okay? Then these four men, they bring this paralyzed man on a mat to get to Jesus. (laughs) 
And they get there to the house, and the house is so full they can't walk through the front door. So they walk up these steps to the side of the house. And a lot of Jewish homes in that day, they had a staircase built up to their roof, and the roof was flat, and it was an extra living space. So they, they take this paralyzed man up the steps, and they peel back the tiles, whatever that looked like, and they lowered him in front of Jesus. And Jesus looked at these four men and goes, Man, you are such men of great faith. And then he does something so interesting. He looks at the man that's paralyzed and goes, hey, son, your sins now are completely forgiven. He didn't say pick up your mat and walk first. He said, hey, son, your sins are forgiven. And then all the Pharisees and Sadducees in Mark chapter 2, it says they start to kind of grumble. And the reasoning, who is this cat that would be, thinks he has the authority to come and forgive sins, much less heal sicknesses? And it says that Jesus discerned in his heart what they were thinking. And he calls them out and says, hey, why are you reasoning? Did you not know that I'm the son of man and that God has given me the authority to forgive sins? And he says, which is easier, to forgive this man's sins or to tell him to pick up his mat and walk? And then he says, boy, pick up your mat and walk. And he got up and was completely healed. And it says he praised God all the way home. Whoa! That story will speak for itself. That Jesus lives inside of me. Watch this. I think it's so interesting, man. Which is easier, to forgive sins or pick up your mat and walk? Listen to me. Sin, sickness, disease, pain, they are all effects of evil. And God opposes all forms of evil no matter how it manifests. Do you, do you, do you, stay with me. Do you see this? Sin is evil. Pain and sickness is evil. It's not from God. It's from the enemy and the world that we live in. And God opposes all, it doesn't matter if it manifests in somebody making a mistake or sinning or if it manifests in somebody that's paralyzed. It's all not right. And what Jesus is showing everybody in that room, it's like, hey, this is what the Father sent me for. It's not that one is easier than or harder than the other. They both, like God opposes both forms of evil. I came to get rid of sin and to get rid of pain. Woo! Are you with me? It's not one that's easier than or harder than the next. They're both forms of evil and God doesn't like it so he sent me so his sins get to be forgiven and he gets to be healed. This is who the Father is. There's not one that's easier than or harder than. I think sometimes we think like, wow, man, like, let's see, here's my dream. My dream in life because Christ lives in me is that I'll be able to see somebody. It would be just as easy to see someone and get in a wheelchair as it would for me to say to them, hey, today your sins get to be forgiven. This is what Jesus is showing right here. Oh, my God. This this is Christ in us. He came to forgive and to heal. He's the healer on the inside. He's the healer on the outside. If it's evil, God opposes it, and Jesus came to get rid of it. That's what Jesus was showing everyone in the room. Woo! I believe in a day when it's just as easy for me to say, man, pick up your mat and walk as it is for me to say, hey, today Jesus is going to meet you where you are and forgive you. Right where you are. Because it's so easy. 
It's so easy to tell someone, hey, forgiveness is yours. Grace is free. All you have to do is receive it, and they receive it. But then we go, man, there's somebody to pick up their mat and walk or a wheelchair or pain or cancer. It's like, man, it's going to take a little bit more. And Jesus is going, that ain't how the Father operates. That ain't how the Father operates. I came to show you something different. Let's take this even further. The four men that brought the paralyzed man on the mat, they had to experience and go through two breakthroughs that day. Two breakthroughs. The first was a physical breakthrough, and the second was a spiritual breakthrough. The physical breakthrough is, I'm I'm not going to turn around and go home because the house is crowded. I'm going to figure out another way to get my friend to Jesus Christ. They lower him through a roof. The second breakthrough is a spiritual breakthrough because there was a lot happening in that room, namely criticism, judging, right, skepticism, unbelief. Those four men, this is why Jesus says, man, you have such great faith, because those four men, it didn't matter what else was going on in the room. All that mattered was that Jesus was in the room. And they knew if we could get our friend to Jesus, it doesn't matter what else is happening. It's as good as over, man. Do you see that this morning? Can you imagine the faith of these four men? Our faith has to be in Jesus, man. Our faith, our dependency gets to be in him. Our faith cannot be contingent upon what's happening around us. Our faith is contingent upon who lives inside of us. And when our faith is in him, the power of God is always present to heal, no matter what else is happening in the room. And then the Holy Spirit took it further for me as I wept over these scriptures. Holy Spirit said, Wes, these four men had to take this man to Jesus in the room that he's in, but now Jesus lives in your room. You don't have to take anyone to Jesus. You get to take Jesus with you everywhere you go. Every single room that we walk in, the power of God is present to heal. No matter what's happening around us or what's going on around us or to us or for us or about us, we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. Are you happy this morning? You ain't got to take anybody. Just everywhere you go, you take him with you. Every room you're in, the power of God is present to heal. Oh, my gosh, Jesus, what do you want to do in this room? I can't wait to step out because when I step out, you step out. When I open up my mouth, you open up yours and you have better things to say. <laughs> the pressure's off, man. Isn't this amazing? And look, here's, here's where this all starts. Five minutes, thank you. This is where I want to land this morning. Like, I, I can know that, that Jesus lives inside of me and I can even be excited about it. Like, I, Jesus, listen, Simon, this is, this is amazing. But if I'm not completely surrendered to him, if I'm not sold out to the one that lives inside of me, y'all, I'm talking everything. I'm talking whatever it looks like. Sell your house, cut off your internet. I'm talking about the man named Jesus that came to give you abundant life. Don't say your house cut off your internet. I'm just. <laughs> I'm talking that kind of posture, man. If, if Jesus is not the biggest deal in my life, if he's not first place, if he's not what matters the most, man, then me just knowing that Jesus lives inside of me, it doesn't really change anything. 
The only thing that it changes is that we get to heaven one day, but that's not our mission in life. Your mission is not to get to heaven one day. God's mission was to send his son Jesus to die on the cross so that heaven could get inside of us so that we could experience it everywhere we go and give it away everywhere we go and fully be alive and not dead. Be light and not dark. Be good and not evil. Right and not wrong. Jesus or nothing. It all begins with you and I. Every day, man. Jesus, I'm yours. I'm laying everything. Everything is yours, Jesus. I don't care. It's all yours. The the, the issue is, I've talked about this a lot. The the issue is, is that Jesus has just, he's just become a part of our life. He's just become another option, and we don't even realize it. We got to come back to the heart of worship. We got to come back to give me Jesus. Does anything else really matter? He, the problem, he's just on the list. We're, we're given so many options in our culture and our society. Well, if this doesn't feel good, try this. If this doesn't work, try this. If they're not telling you, you know, the right thing, then try this person. I mean, it's just like we're bouncing. And then Jesus, and then finally we get to Jesus. We go, oh, yeah, we might, maybe we should pray about this. Maybe we should turn to him. Maybe he has something to say. Jesus is not supposed to be on the list. He's supposed to be in a league of his own. I I would just like to ask this question this morning. What if Jesus became our only option in life? I know know that's got really quiet. Okay, what about this? What if at least he became the first option? What if we depended more upon him and his power than we did anything else? All five of us have been talking about this, man. Nedra, oh my gosh, she shares this message. Did did you know, maybe you hadn't heard yet, there's a difference between being a Christian and a disciple of Jesus Christ. Go back and listen to that. Oh my gosh, maybe you hadn't heard yet. We're disciples. And when you're a disciple, it's like he, notice that the disciples sold everything, left everything, their family, their jobs, and they ran with him. And these very disciples, one of them, namely Peter, Peter, is the one that God built his whole church on top of. People got in Peter's shadow and they were healed. I would like to suggest that for Peter, at some point, whether he realized it or not, Jesus became his only option. It doesn't mean that other options are, are bad or wrong. It just, what if Jesus was our first one? There, there, there's a, Robbie Dawkins, he's an evangelist, and he, right now, as we speak, he is setting up evangelism training schools in the Middle East. And he's going back and forth. And he's like, because here's what's happening in the Middle East. People are coming to know Jesus, they're getting saved, and Jesus is like all they have. He's, it's, it's, they had like religion or either nothing at all, and then they have this love, this relationship, this life that their, their soul had been longing for because we're all wired for the eternal kinds of things that only God can give every single person. You, you know, I just, do, do, do you know how important people are? Do you know how precious the person is sitting next to you? Do you know that their life matters? Last Saturday at Street Ministry, I'm standing in front of this guy. He's about 25 years old. His name is Ab. And I pray for him. And before I leave, I say, Ab, 
Have you, has there ever been a time in your life when you gave Jesus your life and invited me in? He goes, well, you know, I don't know, maybe. I don't really go to church. I said, would you like to know that you know that you know that Jesus lives in you and you have a home in heaven one day when you leave the store? And he goes, man, that'd be real great. And I shared the gospel with him. It's not about what you do. It's about what Jesus did. I shared about how powerful the blood of Jesus is. Oh, I shared about him, what it means man, to be a follower of Jesus and that what he has for you is so good. And he accepted Jesus, invited him in his life, standing right in front of me. And I walked away from Ab and I began to cry and I began to go, it doesn't get any better than that, Jesus. Is anything better than someone coming to know you, Jesus? This is life. And then Jesus began to remind me, hey, Wes, this is why people are so, everybody matters, man. Ab, I went to the cross and I had Ab on my mind and I died for him. This is why you don't have to go far to change the world. I'll go to the ends of the earth, but everywhere you go and there's a person, man, Jesus is longing to get on the inside of them and change them. Do you understand that you're not going to be able to take anything to heaven with you besides your relationship with Jesus and the fruit of partnering with him to advance his kingdom on the earth? Those two things, your relationship with him and the fruit of partnering with him to see souls saved, bodies healed, hearts set free. This, that, 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 this is what you were born for. Robbie Dawkins is setting up these evangelism schools because people get saved and they go, man, I'm alive. And then they begin to realize it works. Like Christ in me, I have power. And they're asking, Robbie, what do we do with it? And Robbie says, you give it away. You're going to pray for people. And so, and one of the ways, the main way that Robbie teaches his classes is he just brings them with him in the streets. He says, go pray for that person and watch what happens. And so Robbie's got this, 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 these, a few people from the school, and they see a guy who has a, a broken leg, and he's put together like these two pieces of wood wood and a piece of cloth that's his cast because medicine in the Middle East is non-existent they don't really have that option are you with me this morning in the particular country that this guy was in there were no cast and so they go up to this guy and say hey I just want to introduce you to a person named Jesus now where is Jesus oh he's in us (laughs) he's in me I want to introduce you to a person named Jesus And he died on the cross for you, and he's the healer. If you'll let us pray for you, your leg will be completely healed. And they pray for this guy, and they see his bones line up completely straight. He takes off his little homemade stint and begins to walk around, begins to cry, begins to scream, and then begins to run. And then everyone else in the village sees this. And they begin to run, 20, 30, 40, 50 people. They're lining up because medicine is not an option. It's not bad. It's not wrong. I took vitamins this morning when I woke up. Hear me clearly. But at some point, Jesus becomes who we depend upon more than anything. I would like to suggest when Jesus becomes our only option, we begin to see more take place. Christ in us. The one who forgives and the one who heals. Which is harder? Which is easier? God opposes all forms of evil. He sent his son Jesus to take care of all of it. Everywhere you go, the power of God is present to heal. Because of who's present inside of you. Are you with me? I I would like to suggest that the man that they prayed for was like, man, I I guess I'll let you pray for me. Because I, I don't have cast. We can't go get medicine. 
really quickly, Jesus became his only option. The people, the school, the students that were praying for him, they couldn't take him to the hospital. They couldn't, hey, we'll go buy you a cast. Jesus was their only option. Breakthrough. I'd also like to add that all 40, 50 people that lined up, every single one of them got healed. Boom, 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 boom. I mean, testimony after testimony. Wheelchairs, broken backs, par- uh, people paralyzed, just boom, 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 boom. Why? Jesus was the only option. He was it. I'm not saying don't go to the doctor if you don't feel well. I'm not, just, just hear me, hear my heart. I'm so thankful for doctors. Oh, Ooh, I went through a kidney stone and I'm so thankful I had a doctor. Oh, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying what if Jesus wasn't on the list? What if he was in a league of his own in our life? I just, I feel like, man, this morning, like, I just, I, f- I feel like this morning that Jesus wants to meet you and he wants to become that option, like the only option in that area of your life, whatever it may be. And I, I just, maybe, maybe it's even addiction this morning to something. And you've tried this and you've tried that. And Jesus has been a part of your process. And that's, that's, just, that's amazing. He wants to be a part of everything. But he also, he wants to be everything. I don't know, I just almost feel like there's anointing in the room for us to all come up here and get on our face and let Jesus touch us in a way that only he can. Do you, you want to do that this morning? Can we all stand up for just, just a moment, Dad? You can go ahead, listen to me this morning, man. I, I feel like the Holy Spirit, one of the ways that the Holy Spirit wants to show you the revelation of Christ in you It's by Jesus touching you this morning. It's by Jesus meeting you where you are this morning. And maybe forgiving you of your sins, something you've been hanging on to and you haven't truly received it. Let let him take it. Maybe maybe there's a, a, a sickness or a pain or disease in your body. And I just want to declare right now, man, that Jesus is in the room and he wants to touch you this morning. And he not only can, but he will. This is who he is. This is what he does. He's the healer inside and out. Everybody put your hands out in front of you. Come on, just say, Jesus, come. Jesus, come. And maybe for some of you this morning, you can start, you just go ahead and start coming up front if you want to. Just get on your face. Just say, Jesus, I make you my only option. For some of you, it's been option after option after option after option, and nothing's really worked. And Jesus is going, let me work. Let me work in you this morning. Let me meet you where you are this morning.
on, give him everything. Give him everything. Give him your job. Give him your finances. Give him your family. Give him your home. Give him your gifts. Give him your talents. Give him your abilities. Give him your pain. Give him your life.